0: Blob Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs>
0: We're tonight's entertainment.
2: Look at my butt! Oh, look at my Hello, everybody. Sorry to cut the intro short, but we got a lot to do tonight. First, before we start the trailer part two, well... All of us here at Cultside Radio, and the, and the listeners too, are grateful to Mr. Kaper here who's with us. Say hello, Mr. Kaper.
3: Mr. Kaper, oh good God!
2: Just call me Carl
3: or call me asshole like as you usually do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Carl. We all went. We all gave him a Christmas gift from the bottom of our hearts. So before we start the proceedings, go ahead and open it, Carl. See what you got.
3: Okay. Well, okay, so I can tell you this. It's wrapped in a beautiful blue bag. It came from Amazon. And I have to figure out how to unwrap it. Ah, there. It just sort of like un Okay, there we go. And I can open it up. Ooh, I think it's a Funko Pop. You think it's a Funko Pop? I think it might
2: yeah,
3: be. I think, I think it might. Ooh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> Yes, so, there's a group that most of you should know, and they're called the police. But most people love Sting from the police, not me. No, 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 no. I am a Stuart Copeland fan, and I'm trying to open it up now, but the goddamn bubble wrap is a pain in the fucking ass. Okay, hold on. Here it comes. You know, it's like unwrapping a condom. Never mind. Uh, So, it's a Stuart Copeland with drumsticks, and it's a Funko Pop, and it's from the police. It's number 119, and it's going to stay in the box. That is a wonderful thing. Thank you so much, Stephen.
2: I love that they added the drum
3: kit, didn't you? Yes. Yep, they have the grub kit, and it says the police on it too. For, yeah, for those of thing, you, go ahead. On. No, you go the ahead. The
2: thing one comes with his bass, and uh, Andy Summers comes with the guitar too.
3: Nice, nice. Uh, the one thing about Stuart Copeland, and one of the reasons I love Stuart Copeland, is that he, since he was in the police, he's done so much. He's done so many movie and 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 soundtracks. Uh, To TV shows including my favorite Which is uh, The Equalizer Uh, He has done So many oddball Things he's now in a group called Dismodrome he was in Oysterhead He also even Composes operas Which I have seen one of them Uh, And so he's all over the place And he's my kind of musician So, So Stephen thank you So much that's very Very nice of you I really appreciate it, and thank you to all at Wild Side Radio for that. I, well, I can truly... you think
2: of anything else? I mean, I couldn't think of anything else to get you. As soon as I seen that back in August, I'm like, oh, that's Carl's.
3: <laughs> yeah, it is You just told me about it, and I said, well, if you want to get me something for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. They have like if you're a police fan for some reason they put out the entire set and isn't that like uh the Zendega G- Nogata era from even the logo is from yeah. that
3: Yes it is.
2: And that's their most uh reggae album isn't it?
3: Yes it is. And 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 Copeland was primarily a reggae drummer. The thing I always liked about his drums it was so subtle. You had to listen but man that guy had independence on um, Walking on the Moon, if you you listen to it, and one hand he's doing four uh, no and and, and one hand he's doing five and the other hand he's doing three and then his foot is doing four at the same time wasn't
2: you who showed me that one where they stripped everything out of the opening of uh, Roxanne but just his drum parts? yep God That yeah, was
3: amazing I, Yeah and again he's very subtle He's not o- over dramatic Like someone like John Bonham or, or Keith Moon The guy is subtle And you have to listen to really appreciate him And and I do very very much so In fact so yeah. much so in The that album we're talking about ironically,
2: comes out in 1982 Which is where we're really going to start Okay And we're probably going to get through 1982 through 84 tonight Because 84, for some reason, is a small, short year on their list. That means the title that Carl pretty much loves the most of the 80s, you'll probably have to wait for the next show, Carl, and that would be in 1985.
3: Well, I tell you what, there's enough here I love, so we're fine.
2: And if you have the 80s trailer on slash Slasher Horathon disc, we're on disc two, 1982-89, and I'm about to push play in five, four, Three, two, one, go. And we're with one of the most underrated slashers and a slasher that Carl actually fucking likes.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. There is a reason for that, though, okay?
2: He's well, done. there are
3: three reasons. You know, Martin Landau, uh, Jack Palance. Palance. And, and who's the third one?
2: Edward Van Liz
3: And Edward Van They're just awesome And they're so much fun And we featured this on um, uh, One with Jack Shoulder who directed it When yeah. Martin Landau walked away. We talked about this Oh and don't forget it one had one the
2: six one. bucks Though most of you girls wouldn't know the six bucks But would they know Sookie And what's her name uh,
3: Not Lux but-, but yeah I know who you mean
2: Yeah they have one of the biggest alternative punk makeup companies that's still in business.
3: Mm-hmm. And not only that, <laughs> this is the punk, punk rock slasher. This yeah. is the punk rock slasher. And the ending is fucking priceless.
2: <laughs> and Jack Shoulder, instead of just going for the gore, he got actors and let them fucking act. Donald Pleasance as a stoned Jack Palance as a crazy Psycho who finally Finds his home at the end of the movie (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Martin Landau as a priest Edward Van Lith As a Pervert And uh, just Right now if you're watching it You see Donald Pleasant Cutting a man in half while dressed in There Alone in the Dark. You need to see it if you haven't.
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolute this must. This
2: fucking great.
3: <laughs> and it's funny as hell, too.
2: Yeah. And so is most of Jack Shoulders' work. You need to watch look for his work, damn it.
3: Yeah, I agree. Especially
2: the hit. Mm-hmm. And here's my favorite of the Amityville horror movies, Amityville 2. This one is so fucking sleazy you can smell Burt Young's nasty unwashed armpit sweat while watching it.
3: (laughs) Well, uh, I was thinking more of his pube area, but yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's nasty, it's dirty, it's sleazy, and that's why it's so fucking good. (laughs) I mean, really, if you yeah. look at most Amityville fans, which ones do they? Say, which one is the one they love the most, Carl? Be honest.
3: Uh, number one, Rowan.
2: That one's boring as hell, and nothing happens. I I know.
3: I never could understand that. This is the only one of the series to watch. Period.
2: Yeah, because it's so fun, and it's just so unapologetically sleazy.
1: We I like mean, kind where of are you going poly- to get of Bert
2: Young, incest, uh, bladder abuse by Joe Blasco, shotgun <laughs> murders, a oh, priest getting possessed? I mean, this has got everything you want in a sleazy movie.
3: Yes, and possessed and flies. Don't forget the possessed flies.
2: Yeah, and if you hate Burt Young, this is the movie to watch. If you hate how his character Polly turned down the Rocky series, this is the movie to watch because you get to see him get his head blown off. Yes. <laughs> what's funny is this is actually based on the real story that happened before the DeFeo murders. Directed by Damio Diami Dayanami Oh and speaking of sleazy this, guy, this one was made by a director Who had on the show Who wanted to make a movie For 42nd Street And one of his happiest moments of life Is when this movie did play on the deuce
1: Oh absolutely That and would be it's, and Frank
2: Lauder's Classic Ode to brotherly love Basket case
3: I love this movie. I totally love this movie.
2: Yeah,
3: It's just so wonderful. And and, and, what's and it is. Funny it's, is. It's a balan- Hold on, Stephen. It's a Valentine Ballanty- yeah, to, to it's a Valentine to to 42nd Street of that era. I mean, you couldn't and I was there when, you know, not when they were filming it, but I was there in 1982. And it's exactly the way it's shown on screen in this movie. It's a wonderful thing.
2: Frank Henelander has gone on record as saying that he knew that the Deuce was going to die out soon. So he wanted to get as much of the old Deuce feel and the Deuce itself on the screen. Yep. This was definitely a must-see. Love you, Frank Henelander mm-hmm. and Basket Case. Yes. Now, what is this one? I keep forgetting. Damn. Uh,
3: Yeah, that's because you want eight. to forget about it.
2: Oh, you don't want the, the Beast Within or Bladder, bladder Mania, the movie. This oh, is God. the fact that Felipe Mora More, More, made a good film out of this with 30 minutes of the fucking plot cut out is an amazing feat.
3: <laughs> you know, he just friended me. I want to get him on, on the show. I love him.
2: We love Felipe Mora. And The Beast Within is fun. Even though, like I said, a whole chunk of the movie really explains what the hell's going on it's cut out, because in the version we got, a woman gets raped by a Katy Dead monster, and then her son starts turning into a Katy Dead monster, so she goes back to the town to find out what's going on. I mean, this has got everything you'd want in a movie. R.G. Armstrong in it. This, it's more fun than you would think it would be. But Joe Blasco goes crazy with the bladders during the last 30 minutes of this movie, doesn't he?
3: Yes, he does, which I think is overkill. But And that's one of the reasons and I think. And the
2: screenplay cool. is by Tom Holland, which his big film comes up in 1985. And 86.
3: Right. And 87. And 80. No.
2: <laughs> no. Uh, Fright Night and. I know. Blue Star presents. Oh, God, no. Boarding House. <laughs> the second movie shot on VHS to be released theatrically. What was the first, Carl?
3: I have no clue.
2: Clap yourself very hard.
3: 1970. 200 oh, motels. Oh oh, 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 Show it on video. Yes, and that would be 200 motels. Sorry.
2: This movie has got its fans, but it's boring as fucking hell. And the movie even <laughs> talks about how it's boring as fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> It has this blonde guy living with these girls, and he doesn't even try to diddle them. And the movie even mentions that fact with them going, he, has he tried to screw any of us? No, he's a good man. Is he a good man or is he a faggot?
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus.
2: Oh, my God, it's got a girl shaving her legs. That's horror.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. This
2: movie was shit. And the fact that the movie looked like shit, they put as a special effect. Horror vision! That way you won't say the movie looks like shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep.
2: Oh, and here's one of okay, I know what's coming out and up and next. Out. What do you get, Carl, when you cross Natasha Kinsky uh your guy from uh if
3: Malcolm McDowell
2: and uh the writer of Children Wouldn't Play with Dead Things.
3: Well that's Alan Ormsby, but don't forget who directed it. Paul, Paul Fucking Schrader. This is a wonderful update uh called Cat People. I know I like it a lot more than you. But I really like this film.
2: Oh, it's goofy as hell. I wouldn't own it, but in a way, it doesn't go far enough.
3: It goes pretty far.
2: Yeah. But then the ending, the far. main guy character, it was Don't not hurt. supposed to come out to the end. He was supposed to be in bestiality. Yeah. So he was pretty goddamn cool that she turned into a cat.
3: Yeah. Exactly.
2: <laughs> but still, you got Malcolm McDowell you know, you know, running around to and it,
3: I hate to say it, Stephen. I hate to say it, but if you want pussy. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, the whole movie, I mean, you got Malcolm McDowell running around talking about, come on, sis, we can only fuck each other.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Warner Brothers. This is Rarity, an 80s horror film by Warner Brothers.
3: And a great film, too.
2: Oh, have you ever heard of this one? Something uh, show?
3: Yes, I think it's Creepshow. George Romero. George
2: Romero's first major studio distributed film.
3: And a damn good one, too. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, We're friends with John Amplis. And he's been on the show and and John has a part in this. Uh we love Leslie Nielsen in this.
2: Yeah. Uh, everybody is good in it.
3: Yeah, and except then there's your that, favorite.
2: Except for maybe the that crate. guy that plays Jody Verhill. He's not a good actor and he's not a good director, but he's one hell of a writer.
3: And that of course would be Stephen King who wrote who wrote all this too. But but don't My don't, favorite don't story forget is the crate. Oh, that's exactly where I was going.
2: Yeah,
3: and that's how Hobrook just kick it ass with Adrian Barbeau. as just the bitch. Just telling
1: Billy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it comes from Tasmania too. I wonder what it is.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a water brother. Tasmanian film. devil. Yep. That one's a classic. If you haven't seen it, then why are you listening to an 80s trailer theme show? Yeah,
3: really. Go get it now. If you haven't seen it.
2: Oh, Death Valley. This one is very underrated. It's got Peter Billingsley, the guy from Christmas Story, who accidentally sees, uh, what's his name from, uh. Pony Pool. Oh, well,
3: Stephen McHattie. The great. Stephen McHattie killed somebody.
2: So psychotic mm-hmm. Stephen McHattie, chases him through the desert. At one point, getting so mad that he climbs on top of an RV and just starts dancing on it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we love Stephen McHattie. Yeah, gonna okay? oh, the back God. of the car
2: out of frustration. Yeah. This is like a messed up version of the hitcher except that the main guy is a little kid. hmm And there's not as supernatural, it's just crazy ass Stephen McCaddy in his creepy ass car. And he's not I've even in so his car, it. but no Stephen McCaddy, damn it.
3: I haven't seen it yet. So I have to see that Alex.
2: Just cause, uh, like I said, Stephen Hattie just tears it up in this. Mm -hmm. Like he's got right now where he's chasing the little kid. Oh, and it's got him on the roof of the house with his shotgun where he's dancing, about to shoot the house, and he's chasing the little kid with a car. (laughs) My favorite bit in this is that he's chasing the kid to an Old West attraction because he's dressed up as a cowboy. Uh, he has to pretend to be a uh, part of the act in the show for a couple of tourists that mistake him for a tour guide. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the stars. Yeah. Mac, Hicks, Stephen McHattie, Edward Herman, Peter Billingsley. Does that make you want to see that, just that cast?
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh-oh.
2: I know what's coming up. Uh, Carl's most hated film. Go ahead, Carl. Piss on it. Just piss on it.
3: Seriously. Daniel Kramer, my apologies, because I know you love Sidney Fury, who directed this, but The Entity is a piece of misogynistic crap. It seriously is. It is the most rapey, most nasty film I have ever seen, and I have seen a lot. Okay? Trust me. Yeah, there's I, no
2: there's no if, ands, or but this is a rapey film. This is maybe one of the most rapiest films ever. And wait till you see what else we got this fucking year.
3: Uh I'm looking, I already know. It's scary.
2: Yeah. I mean this whole movie is Barbara Hershey gets raped five or six times by a ghost. Then the movie yeah. ends.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: And it uh, and each of the rapes. And the movie is two hours and five minutes. The rapes take up around a good 25 minutes of that fucking movie. And it even yeah. has a rape theme. Boom,
1: boom, boom, boom.
3: Yep.
2: This is just nasty. And we and we ain't politically correct. And even we are like, ah, goddamn. Get... <laughs> and again, you know, we they're have, they're... I did a 13. 13- Part 4, I think. No, 3. 3. Which is the best 3D movie to come out of the 80s bunch. Best filmed in 3D. best qua- If you can see this projected right, Carl, this is the best quality 3D, the best shot 3D movie. But the problem is yeah. the process was pretty much only used for this film. And because of that, it's kind of hard to replicate.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm i not a fan of the series. I'm sorry.
2: We've I'm not talked talking about, about, about the series. I'm just talking about the 3D quality, because this is the 3D one. Right. And if you see it projected right, it is a fucking blast. And it's one of the few 3D films to never have any problems with giving the audience headaches or any of the 3D drawbacks that even the new form of 3D had.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: But if you get the Blu-ray, it looks like 3D shit. Oh, well. And
3: we're going to
2: talk about this more, well, me and uh, my co-watcher with it on next Friday, so we'll just leave it be, but yeah, this was really right at the height of the slasher boom. At least don't you give Friday the 13th part 3 points for trying to do something different rather no, than what it no, degenerated no, into. No, no,
3: no, I don't. It's it, it's a rehash of Halloween but with with goddamn more, you know, kills and more sex.
2: Yeah, nah, but the 3D nah, thing it, is what I mean. They were well, actually well, trying okay. to do I'll, something I'll
3: give you that Yeah. I'll give you that.
2: Unlike most Slashers, which was just, let's just drop out the tropes and make a quick buck and fuck y'all.
3: And that's basically what that whole series is. Oh, and speaking of a movie,
2: this movie in 1982 was horribly shit on. It was called a stupid movie, an ignorant movie. And there's still people today that say Fuck this movie. It don't have Michael Myers in
3: it. Now, I'll, i got to say something. I just saw this on the big screen hmm. about a month ago. Halloween 3? Yeah. I saw Halloween 3 on the big screen with James Dye, a friend of mine. We went down to, uh, to Brooklyn, and man, uh, to the Alamo in Brooklyn. I had so much fun with this movie. A- fucking Tom Atkins, okay? Period. You know, uh, he even gets laid. Hey, Diane ho- hurley he as uh, an Irish fuckhead. <laughs> it's wonderful. Irish
2: warlock, who don't give a fuck when he dies. Oh, and the movie on yeah. the screen is humongous. It's a slasher. It was 80s. It's one of the worst. Okay, fuck it. Let's get back. Yeah, I love the <laughs> ways that... He doesn't die. He doesn't get angry. He just looks at it. Uh, Tom Atkins and just winks.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> and
2: yeah. This it, was it's written, a great show. Halloween so. three was written by Nigel Keane. What was he most famous for, Carl?
3: Uh, the Quaker Mass films. Theory. Nigel Neal, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Nigel, Nigel Neal. Neal. And also, also did some Doctor Who too.
2: Yeah. So Halloween three, watch it as its own beast, it's fun, but it's got a cult nowadays, thank God. And humongous pretty much sucked. It's another Canadian right. back shelter film. Yeah. Oh shit. And this I cat. You got a little movie where the trailer opens with somebody hitting a cat right in the ass with a the paper. And then somebody yep. gets hit by a big old log. What the hell is it? Oh, my God, the second rapiest film. In any other years, this would be the rapiest film ever. And this is a good time. (laughs) Tell people, Carl, what the John Cassavetes School of Filmmaking is. I'll,
3: I'll, I'll whore myself out to anyone to make money as an actor so I can direct my own fucking films.
2: You know what we got because of The Incubus?
3: Okay, tell me what we got. Gloria! Yeah, we did. No, actually, Gloria's before this. We got love streams. Yeah, love streams. We got love streams.
2: And what's funny yeah. is this is one of the only movies where you could see John Cassavetes walk through the whole movie like someone smeared shit under his nose through every scene of it.
3: <laughs> yep! <laughs> Oh, I and love you some John Cassavetes.
2: the movie that we had on three weeks ago Which you need to go to its website and look it up Is Tennessee Gothic Which is set in the same universe As the Incubus Because it uses a succubus in it Nice So it can be seen as a follow-up To the Incubus in the same universe Cool Same writer Same kind of monster, you know Yeah or at least through Jensen Farley pictures. That's a name that so eighties.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: Now this one's pretty fun. This one I, I dedicate to uh, my good friend uh, My Mad Mars, who I did the Phantasm show with, because he got this nickname from this movie. It's called Madman. It says oh, cool. Galen Ross under a pseudonym because it was a non-union shoot, but she's the star in it. And the end theme song of this is better than the movie. And the movie's pretty damn good. It's one of the rougher slashers. But this is the second film. The Burning was the first to be based on the Cropsey legend.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the Cropsey legend, well, if you don't know, is a so-called real killer that hid out in the woods in uh, New Jersey. Yep. And the movie itself is pretty fun if you like your trashy slashers. Carl also, he's like, eh, but this is pretty fun. I, I don't know
3: it. So I can't, I can't judge it. I don't know. it's weird that Galen
2: Ross is in it without being Galen Ross. For a while, she wouldn't even admit she's in the movie. Hell, there was right. for a while she wouldn't even admit she's in Donna's fucking dead. She was in yeah. a weird place for a while. And that's one of the nastiest deaths ever in Slasher, which is a guy's checking out the engine in a car, and then the killer jumps right on the hood and just, ow.
3: <laughs> yep.
2: She's uh, credited as Alex Dubin.
3: Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, when we get to the next one, I'll take it.
2: Okay, we're at the next one already.
3: Okay, so the next one is murder by phone. But I know it under the title Bells, and when and and, and uh, it's a good little film. Richard Chamberlain, John Hausman, and basically you got a disgruntled uh, phone company person that that gets a device that if you answer the phone, you basically uh, uh, get blown up, and uh, all sorts of uh, exploding heads in it. Uh, fucking John Hausman is fabulous. Chamberlain, it's a really good little movie, and very un- Did you know unknown and underrated. you know that actually
2: Bells and Murder by Phone are two different cuts of the same movie?
3: Yeah, I know. I know it. Which one Under one Bells. Is the longer
2: one? Bells, right? Bells is like. Bells the- is
3: the longer one. one. Bells is a better cut, to be honest.
2: Yeah, Bells is like 105, 110 minutes. Murder by Phone is like 95 minutes.
3: Right. Exactly. Uh, hold on. Uh, Yep, you got that one right. Murder by Phone is one ninety-five bells.
2: They do the one thing that I condemn a movie for: they cut out plot.
3: I know. So the one thing is, if you try to find this movie, try to find the bells cut. Bells, B E L L S. Good little Canadian film.
2: It's another Canadian tax shelter film that's hard to find because it is a Canadian tax shelter film.
1: <laughs> yes. It they are to hard movies.
2: to find. Isn't it funny how people call the 90s and all that stuff the worst film that National Lampoon ever made? Yeah. There's a film that's very rarely seen, and there's a reason why. Because it's another piece of dog shit. And that would be <laughs> National Lampoons Class Reunion. The worst horror spoof ever.
3: Even worse than Saturday the fourteenth?
2: Even worse.
3: Oh, good have God. you ever
2: seen it all the way through, Carl?
3: No, I I I have not seen it all the way through. I couldn't make it See, through that's about saying twenty minutes.
2: Something.
3: Yeah, really. And <laughs> listen, I just watched Blood Freak last night.
2: <laughs> hey, Feet ain't nothing next to Gotti when it comes to just pure crappiness.
3: <laughs> True, it's much more enjoyable. What is
2: this? one dark night? No.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's one dark night.
2: This one is good. This one you need to see it, but you need to stay with it because it's a slow burn movie. That's about 105 minutes, but it uses the first 45 minutes or 50 minutes. Is all set up.
1: But nice. once that
2: over and it really starts to kick in, Jesus, does it get creepy as hell, doesn't it, Carl?
3: I don't know the film, so I will have to definitely see this.
2: Oh, it's good. That's it's a nice good. thing about not, this
3: set. There are films I don't know.
2: Yeah, here's and it's got Meg Tilly in it.
3: Oh, It's easy well, to get I'm on in. YouTube,
2: but the DVD, I think, is out of print.
3: Okay, I can do that.
2: It starts out as your typical college students in a prank, and then it just goes sideways. This is Meg Kelly's first film, I think. Yeah. Not Jennifer Kelly, Meg Kelly.
3: Right, they're sisters.
2: The one that doesn't have the big boobies.
3: <laughs> I'll take either. I'm okay. Just saying. But
2: like I said, once it gets going, Jesus Christ, is it creepy. Nice. I mean, it. that's one thing they can't do nowadays that, outside of the art house, and that's a good slow burn movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is The Lighthouse one of those slow burn movies where it starts out slow and it just gets fucked up or is it just starts up fucked up and gets even more fucked up? It starts
3: slow. It starts slow. It starts slow. And just builds and builds and builds. But then that's exactly what he did in The Witch too.
2: Yeah. One Dark Knight Knight is like that. It just keeps building and building and building. 3D.
1: Oh God. I know the what's movie coming.
2: plenty of yesterday is now the terrifying experience of the future for technical reasons. Oh, shit! Adolf Caesar and Parasite, <laughs> the first film of Demi Moore. And no one gives a shit. <laughs> Parasite <laughs> is one of those movies that Once you hear about it, it sounds cool until you watch it. Then it's boring as shit.
3: Oh, it's horrible. Horrible film.
2: It's a monster movie about without a monster.
3: Yeah, because they couldn't afford anything. Nope, don't know that one.
2: Well, thank God if you haven't seen it. It's a boring Mad Max ripoff With a little tiny parasite monster That they tried to sell as a horror film But they filmed it in 3D So there's a lot of It's one of those A lot of shits being thrown at the screen movies Yep Directed by Charles Brand
3: Not one of his better ones
2: Definitely and here's a movie that, when I seen it to drive in a couple of years ago, I'm surprised how decent it's aged. And that's the Steven Spielberg, no Toby Hooper, no Steven Spielberg, no Toby Hooper. God damn it, who directed this movie? Poltergeist.
3: It's a good little film. Now, now on the list, it's, there was a movie that they had before that called Pranks. Did they no, skip that? Max. O R. Oh, okay, okay. So they just the okay, gotcha. Porter guys is, is is a good little film.
2: That's because it's a slow burn movie. Yep. And with ghost stories, you need it to be a slow burn. I mean, it oh, has some great comic moments, like the scene where Carol Ann is being slid across the kitchen floor with the freaking football helmet on.
3: Yep then it's Originally Tom Cooper was
2: hired to make this As an R-rated movie But at the last second Spielberg said Oh no I want it to be PG
3: But the other thing too is don't forget Craig T. Nelson and probably his best role Other than, than, than Coach and of course uh, The Monster and Flesh Gordon
2: <laughs> And don't forget Zelda <laughs> Rubenstein
3: Oh good God! I love her, adore that woman. I would think and short this was the
2: only mm-hmm. PG movie you're ever going to see with someone ripping their face off.
3: <laughs> yep. And all because. And the I house read the novel, of the
2: original script. They even cut out a ghost rape scene, like in The Entity. Good. And here's the most fucked up part In the scene at the end where What's-Her-Name goes into the swimming pool Right It turns out the asshole Got real fucking corpse skeletons
3: Yes, I know that
2: And Toby Hooper beat The literal shit out of him
3: Yeah (laughs) Yep
2: Here's Pranks, a.k.a. The Dormant Drip Blood. I got this free from screen one year. I don't own it anymore.
3: (laughs) Okay, I know it as The Dormant Drip Blood. Okay, now I know what the film is. Not a good one.
2: Oh, it's not a good film. Even uncut, it's still stupid as shit. And with a downbeat ending that just pisses you off. Yeah, not
3: a good one. Sorry to say that.
2: Even in the seventies at the most downbeat ending, they didn't try to piss you off. True. This is this is really when the slasher genre really started going downhill with a fucking boulder speed. Mm Mm-hmm. You would still get some decent ones that come out of it, like uh, Anguish, and a few more, which I'll point out if it's on the set. Yeah. But this was the first film that Daphne Zuniga was in, even though that the initiation, which came out a year after this, was listed as her first film. This one right. was first. And no one would know this movie if it wasn't for HBO because it barely got any screen release even though they spent millions on the ad campaign. And I've seen ads for this all over the place. It didn't get released. Nope. It's like, we know we got a piece of shit. Come see it real quick. Yep. Even a director talks about how... uh, he went to see it at a drive-in, and then he's glad that his face was on screen because people were talking about wanting to beat the shit out of the director for making that piece of shit.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, never mind. Call, cue, go.
3: <laughs> ah, Okay, Larry Cohen, a monster, a uh, 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 Quetzalcoatl, uh, human sacrifices by skinning alive. Let's see, what else? Oh, cops uh, uh, um, in disguise as mimes. Uh, Richard Roundtree, Michael Moriarty is a fucking insane guy,
1: it, it, yeah. and
3: who wants a Nixon-like pardon? It's brilliant. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is fantastic. Watch it. Period. There you go.
2: Here's a I'm movie done. that, if you can find it online, I don't know if it's still in the bootleg version. That Quentin Twent- Twent- Tarantino cut together extra footage from T V cut and the gore footage from the R rated cut. The Sender is a pretty goddamn good movie. But if you just watch the oh, R rated cut it makes no fucking sense.
3: Oh, you're talking about the Sender, aren't you? Yeah. That's a great film. Great film.
2: If you can I if love you get to film. see the mix cut it's fucking brilliant. <coughs>
3: Well, also, it's got one of the, the best-named lead actors ever, Selchko Ivonic. <laughs> Seriously, there's an actor called Selchko Ivonic. I'm not kidding.
2: Yeah, and David Cronenberg said this is what he should have done with Scanners, not what he did, you know.
3: Cinder right. mm-hmm. is a good little film. It is problematic because of the cut, but still, it's a good little film.
2: Yeah, well, like I said, the cut where, where the TV cut with the extra plot cut back in with the gore and the R rated stuff is beautiful. It takes care of all the problems.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Columbia Pictures <laughs> presents. Carl hates this. I like this. This is one of Chuck Norris's first serious roles. And it's a bizarre mother of the movie because the first half is Chuck Norris beating the shit out of gangsters. And then all of a sudden it turns into this Frankenstein Psycho Monster movie.
3: Yeah, this is all over the place. I just don't like this movie. I'm sorry.
2: William Finley. I know, I know, I know. There's one good thing about it that's about it. And you know what really jars us out of this movie now? What? Ron Silver plays a good guy.
3: Yeah, that's true.
2: We can't see. Sorry, we love you, Ron Silver. You're a great actor, but we can't see you as a good guy. You play too many dumbbags that whenever you're on screen, no matter what the movie is, we're just waiting for the shoe to drop.
3: Well, you know, the funny thing is, his last, one of his last movies he did was Sidney Lumet, uh, Find Me Guilty, and he was a judge in that. and He was actually a good guy.
2: Yeah.
3: And, and, and he did sell that. He did really well with that. But most often, sleazy, scumbag, wonderful actor.
2: He was one of the guys that you would call sleazy, scumbag, yuppie number one.
3: Yes. And if you don't believe he could be sleazy, watch Time Cop. Please.
2: Oh, and speaking of a movie that I hate, The Slayer. Carl hates the entity. I hate the fucking Slayer.
1: <laughs>
2: the ending well, of that this means movie, I won't have to watch it. Screen, you got to be fucking kidding me. Fuck you, movie. I was actually <laughs> saying fuck you to a movie. The ending is that bad.
3: Oh, good the God. The lead
2: heroine <laughs> in this movie... Looks like Sigourney Weaver If she had been on coke for an entire month And forgot to late comb her hair
3: <laughs> <laughs> Okay And this
2: movie, Bad the smashes. ending is a dream within a dream Within a dream within a dream That you don't even know if the dream within a dream Within a dream is a dream
3: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay That's good perfect So that's why it's pretty much well known but it's still a piece of shit.
3: Mhm. Okay, we're waiting Just for the another next one here. An
2: example of where they tried too hard.
1: You okay. know.
2: Oh, let's put in 2 million twists in this movie. What? Why 2 million? Because 1 million is not enough. <laughs>
3: Unfortunately, this I can't will say be much be about it. This will be a nominee
2: for uh,
3: the. It'll be a nominee.
2: Oh, and here's another one: the Slumber Party Massacre. <laughs> okay. The first. I... Go ahead.
3: Go ahead. No, you go first. Then give it the to me. The
2: first feminist slasher film. <laughs>
3: Okay, you're making fun of it. I actually like this movie. Um, okay, first, got to know who Rita Mae Brown is. I was just talking yeah. to Rita Mae Brown with the guy I'm, I'm living with, Richard. Uh, she was a lesbian author. Best known uh, book is Ruby Fruit Jungle. But she, because of the success of that, they said, well, why don't we have a feminist? And I think I think it actually is rather funny. I think I think uh, it does its job. It's not a great film, but I find it oh I agree, it's a good. Big film. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a slasher. And you know
2: why they have the killer have a giant drill?
3: <laughs> oh yes,
2: so they can cut his penis off at the end of the movie. Clang. Absolutely.
3: Yep, the oh, women here's win. a movie that Paul
2: likes. Yeah. Paul's funny. I like
3: Swamp Thing. It's fun. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's got Nicholas Worth in it. It's got David Hess. It's got Louis oh. Jordan eating the entire fucking screen.
3: And forget who Swamp Thing is. Come on.
2: Dick Durant. It's
3: a great it's, no, it's the great fucking Ray Wise.
2: Ray Wise. Ray Wise plays Alec Holland. Once he gets in the suit, um, it's Dick Durock.
3: Oh, okay. But whatever the case, it's Ray fucking Wise, okay? And it's like one of his first films. So give him yeah. a break.
2: It's a, Oh, it's not. This is camp fun. Oh, it is. The fact that Wes Craven pulled it off even though they cut half of his budget off at the last moment. <laughs> and don't forget yeah, it's, this movie it's, trouble once it hit on D V D because MGM without thinking, put out the R rated cut of this movie with Adrian Barbeau boobies and other boobies.
3: And I want that version. <laughs> we like Adrienne Barbeau Boobies. Okay with that. No, and of course, we're coming up on a great film what? here, just letting people know.
2: Yeah, but this is one of the biggest slops of the summer of this year, 82.
3: Oh, no thing. yeah.
2: And who would want to watch this movie?
3: Oh, okay. Kurt Russell? Maybe some Kurt Russell fans?
2: Wilford Bramley? Maybe.
3: David. Yeah.
2: This was one of the first horror films, modern horror films I've seen in the theater that I was fucking enthralled with.
3: Oh, my God. The, the special effects to this are, are are incredible. And, of course, we're talking about the thing. Um, yeah. John Carpenter at the top of his game. And let me tell you something. That fucking head with the spider legs. Good God, Dick, is, that still gives me fucking nightmares.
2: And just because it has one of the best fucking reaction shots ever to it.
1: Yeah. They like, didn't tell the
2: actors up? that that thing was going to be crawling across the floor, so his reaction was real. Yeah. <laughs> he just looked over and seen it crawling across the floor, and what did we get? you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> and of course, good. Could you please untie me? Because gentlemen yes. do not like to spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. <laughs> the yep. fact that it took 10 years for people to really start to really catch on to this makes, breaks my heart.
3: Oh, yeah. And I saw this in the theater. I saw this in New York in the theater. And I was just blown away. Seriously, blown away. And here's a podcast. movie
2: that shouldn't work, but it. Oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. This movie shouldn't work. But once we all seen this on HBO, we're like, God damn, this is good. One yeah, this one I don't thing and the time little
3: crystals? I don't know this one, so you're, you're on your yeah, own, you own do. on that You Have you
2: had seen it on HBO? The one where it has like a little thing? Uh, Copper, Time Hunter, something?
3: No, no. I was in New York at the time. I did not see this movie. I don't know it. Oh, I mean, I'm even looking good. at the IMDb. This
2: is one of those that no one watched until it got on HBO, and then there was like. Hey man, you got to see this shit. One of Roger Corman's best of the Mm eighties. That should tell you the quality of it right there.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: It's got our guy in it. uh, What's his name? He was in Blackula, uh, Zebra Cop. No, Zebra Cop too.
3: Uh, Oh, 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 uh, Austin Stoker.
2: Yeah, Austin Stoker's in it.
3: Nice.
2: Yeah, it starts out as a mummy film, and then it ends up as an alien from outer space film. Cool. Yeah, I can watch yeah. it. Yeah. Time Stalker.
3: Time Walker.
2: Oh, it's got James Caron in it, too. There you go. Time Walker. Time Walker. James Karen no, I... Austin Stoker, Oh, it's good. Oh, and here's one of those movies that sucks besides The Killer. And why is The Killer so good in Visiting Hours, Carl?
3: Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I do remember it was really fucking good.
2: Michael fucking Ironside.
3: Yes, of course. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Another ca- Canadian tax shelter film. That's a wonderful film. Yeah,
2: but it's one of Michael Ironside's first roles, and even then we're like, screw the heroes. We want to watch more of Michael Ironside.
3: Yeah, that's a fucking loot.
2: This is before he walked on the screen and took over and stole a... uh. Oh, well, here's Tanner. a movie I like, but you don't.
3: No, I Extra- don't like this movie. This nope, m- this not a good.
2: Script- I know you think it's not a good film, but I like it because you could tell this script was written on cocaine because it just fucking everything comes out of fucking nowhere.
3: That's one of the reasons I don't like it. It makes no fucking sense.
2: <laughs> yeah, the little kid's coming up for blood with no reason. She gets birth to a full-grown man. Why? For no fucking reason! There's killer toy soldiers! There's a giant fucking panther! Why?
3: No reason! You ought to watch Rubber instead.
2: There's too much no fucking reason in this movie.
3: Yeah, yeah, watch Rubber instead. Trust me. If you want to understand no reason.
2: (sighs) Yeah, but I like this because it is so fucking insane.
3: No, uh, no, nah, nah, this one does not work for me. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Hey, they're showing the panther too. It's like, where the like does panther come from?
3: <laughs> <laughs> from Pittsburgh. That's where the panther came from. Pittsburgh. <laughs>
2: this is one of the most bizarre movies ever and it even has a downbeat ending that's fucking bizarre yep yeah some extraterrestrials aren't friendly and I think we're out of 82 and I think we're starting in 1983
3: we are starting in 1983
2: Seven Doors of Death I don't know that movie do you?
3: Nope. This one I don't know. You know
2: I'm kinda of pissed off, Carl. It. Why? They showed the fucking Beyond with a live Fabio Fritzi score last night at uh, Central Cinema. What the hell does, Oh jeez what the hell does that have to say with do a Seven Doors of Death?
3: I don't know. Maybe it's the same movie.
2: It, yeah. And it has one of the biggest lies ever. They had an advertisement for Seven Doors of Death Carl that Toby Hooper and Kim Hinkle said this was the scariest fucking movie ever made. And they did an interview about a year or so later with Toby Hooper, and guess what? What? He had never seen this fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs)
1: This.
2: Unless. You've seen the uncut version of The Beyond. You're going to, if you watch Seven Doors of Death, you're going to think the movie's a piece of shit. Right. But this is the a Beyond. movie where things happen for no reason, and it works. Well,
3: okay, right, whatever. No, no, not particularly. Really. I, I've never been a big fan of The Beyond, to be very honest. I am not a fan. It's got some beautiful beautiful visuals and that, but again it makes no sense. I need sense. Yeah.
2: This is a film where Fulty just said, okay, I'm just gonna make a whole bunch of beautiful visuals, fuck the plot.
3: Yeah. Nah, uh, see it doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. And that's I know that's the so funniest scenes
2: ever that I don't know why they kept in. David Warbeck was bored and just fucking around, so when they get in the elevator, Carl... Right. Warbeck loads the pistol that he carries around by putting bullets down the barrel. He thought that Fulty would catch it and refilm it, but he left it in the movie. Oh, wow. So you get to see Warbeck just dropping bullets down the barrel of the gun.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's... That makes no sense. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I love it. It's beautiful. Okay. Doors of Death. Well, Even though okay, Doors so well, of Death is um, a t- titles that make more sense than Beyond. Yeah. Next is What is this? Amityville 3D. No. There is a joke on SCTV. Do you remember uh, with, uh, what's his name? Count Floyd. He kept showing the Dr. Tongue 3D movies where it was all like,
1: woo, woo,
2: woo, and they just kept shoving things back and forth in the movies. Right. Amityville 3D is a Dr. Tongue movie. <laughs> I mean, really? It's like they didn't. At least Friday the Thirteenth, they tried to integrate the 3D in the plot, And not just have it be a, you know,
1: yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> 3D, the worst in the franchise. This picture is not a sequel to the picture pictures. Anyville Horror, Anyville Horror Two. <laughs> That should tell you something right there.
3: Absolutely.
2: Ooh, this is one of the best trailers ever. She is seductive. She is passionate. And what movie would this be?
3: Uh, Christine.
2: Christine, yeah. In the, In the mid-'80s, Stephen King was a horror... And everyone had a turn. This was John Carpenter's turn. Mm-hmm. And he good did film. good with this.
1: Yeah. That's a good little this film. This was
2: his, really his comeback film, because after the scene hit, if he hadn't had a hit with Christine, his career would have been fucked.
3: Yeah.
2: And the way he but uses he... music in this fucking movie. Yeah. God damn. well...
3: Listen. Anytime you talk about John Carpenter and music, remember his dad was a, was a composer. He knows yeah. music like you wouldn't believe. The guy is so good at that; it's in the blood. Yeah. Good film, and Keith Gordon too, who is 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 underrated as an actor and underrated as a director. Keith Gordon is. Yeah, very the cool. only
2: reason Keith Gordon did this movie is so he could work with uh, and learn from John Carpenter.
3: Right, exactly.
2: Oh, God, no. Farley Jensen Pictures, run!
3: I think it's Curtain. Is this the real one or the fake
2: one?
3: I think this is the fake one. I'm not sure I don't have the set, so I'm not positive.
2: Right. Oh curtains! Yeah, this one is better than it has any right to be. Just this is another one where they tried on it, because mm-hmm. this is a bizarre little movie about an audition and all that. And even the movie is directed by, well, the real director decided to credit the movie to Johnson Stryker, which is the name of the director in the movie. So, this movie is a meta slasher before Scream came out.
3: Oh, absolutely. And it's kind of fun, actually. I don't mind this movie.
2: Yeah. They try to be smart, they don't try mm-hmm. to use the tropes, you know. Right. And that one scene where the killer's on the ice skates just chomp that's beautiful.
3: This kind of reminds of me of course you like Samantha
2: too.
3: Oh, I love Samantha. John
2: Vernon. Samantha Egger. Enough said. <laughs>
3: yeah, love me some John Vernon. You one
2: that sleazy, greasy guy in eighty, you got John Vernon.
3: No. Here we Best go. No.
2: Wait. Okay. Isn't it sad that this was the last Friday the thirteenth? Oh no. The number one of the double feature of David Cronenberg in 1983. There wasn't supposed to be a double feature, but the second film was coming on down the line. Paramount was afraid of it, so they so they took it from 1982 and put it into 1983. But as I said, Stephen King was a horror in the 80s, and this was David Cronenberg's turn.
3: And it's a damn good one. It really is. It's a great film. The Dead Zone. Yeah. Christopher this, Walken. Uh,
2: uh, this is the most human film that Cronenberg's really ever directed.
3: I I might disagree with that to a certain degree, but but y- you're right. You're right. But what I
2: mean is there's no over-the-topness that you'd come to expect by any of his roles. This is just human. Mm -hmm. And the fact that uh, Walken's character's name is John Smith, Mm -hmm. that's as close as you can become in nobody a blank slate as there is.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: how many people, when... Our president got elected, said, oh, shit, Greg Stillman's in office.
3: Yeah, uh, you're you're talking to one of them that said that. We've elected yeah. fucking Greg
2: Stillman. This is one of the best Stephen King adaptions ever, and no one could have done this as good as David Cronenberg did. No one.
3: No, and, and he was afraid of this film, actually. He was afraid of this film, but he needed to do it to make sure that he could do it, and of course he did. And and, and let's not forget, you know, as good as Christopher Walken is, there's other people in this film just as good. Herbert Lom, and particularly Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen, fucking good. Anthony Zerbe.
1: Yeah.
3: Great cast. All at the top of their game.
2: And as good as The Dead Zone is, it's not the best David Cronenberg film of this year. But we'll talk about that later. Yes. Oh, God, no.
3: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
2: This is the biggest asshole thing. Even though he fucked me over... This is the biggest asshole thing that Doc ever did to me. Biggest.
3: Uh-oh. What? He made you watch this DVD movie? He gave me the
2: DVD copy of this. His DVD <laughs> copy of this.
3: Deadly eyes.
2: Deadly, deadly eyes. With Scatman Crothers like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs>
3: it's the only good thing in the movie. It's fucking scat bad.
2: how cute them rats are, cause these rats were dachshunds in rat costumes. And you're yeah. so cute.
1: <laughs> and they are.
3: Just to stay with made up animals, you know, you know, like that, yeah. that killer shrews and shit like that. Doc loves this shit.
2: And there's one scene where you can see two dachshund rats humping each other. <laughs> 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 this is <laughs> yeah. trash.
3: It's definitely trash. That's for Fried
2: sure. guys. Definitely. And you notice in the trailer, if you've ever seen it, Carl, they don't show shit about the rats. In <laughs> <And laughs> fact, the Golden Harvest spent money on this, Carl. Golden fucking yeah, Harvest.
1: Oh, good God. And Arthur
2: McNary said. This film, filmed in Morristown, Tennessee, is the most original horror film of the year. This film was a big to-do here in Knoxville. Hell, these two young filmmakers even won the Knoxville Regional Filmmaking Award for young filmmakers for this movie. And that would be Evil Dead. Fuck you, the second one sucks and the third one's okay. Evil Dead ruled. Moving on.
3: <laughs> Sam Raimi Fucking Bruce Campbell Great film Agreed
2: Owen, oh, Carl, take it away This is one hmm. of his Fuck you, you need to see this I love this film more than anything else
3: Oh, absolutely um, This is a film called Eyes of Fire It is a really, really Head uh, spinning film uh, Which film, uh, and definitely an influence on Robert Eggers' *The Witch*. Uh, Dennis Lipskin is just fantastic in this. The the whole feel of this is like a fever dream, and I remember watching this on. Uh, I caught this on 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 uh, HBO when I was visiting over Christmas uh, one year, and it's just like, oh my god, I've never even heard of this thing. And I have loved this film and I have just said to everyone, you've got to see this. You've got to see this. Well, two years ago, The Witches came out by Robert Eggers and he definitely see it, saw it and he even said he saw it and it was a major influence on that film. So if you want a really, really good film uh, about witches and, uh, and and the revolutionary times, uh, you got to see this film. It's...
2: And sadly, the only place to really see this is on YouTube. It's not on any streaming program, but it's on YouTube.
3: Yeah, and and and, and I did get a gray market of it, uh, and I watch it constantly. I love this movie, absolutely love it. So there you, you go. Were you
2: was saying, "Warrior," when they did a review of this. Called this is one of the best horror films that no one you never heard of. And yeah. how many? Lists online, even the most markiest ones, say the best horror films you've never heard of, always have Eyes of Fire on it.
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of those films that once you see it, you're not going to forget this film. There's no way you're going to forget it.
2: And you won't believe that they've made this movie for under, I think it was $3,000. No, no,
3: no, 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 no. It was something like about $30,000. you got you're, you're, you you you're, you're, uh, a thousand, uh. Dipping a zero. Month, month,
2: month. But still, yeah. it was made for next to nothing.
3: Yeah. It's a great film.
2: Eyes of Fire. What the hell is this? Oh, the slasher film where no one gets killed. The Final Terror with Daryl Hannah. What? Yeah, no one gets killed in this fucking movie. And guess who plays a psycho in this movie, in his first movie role? I don't know. Who? Joe Pentliano.
3: Oh, nice! Joey Pants!
2: Imagine Joe oh. Pantoliano was a backwoods hick.
1: <laughs>
3: nice.
2: And Rachel love Ward him. is the heroine. And Daryl Hannah gets her throat slashed open, so what do they do? They sew it back together.
3: <laughs> oh, good God.
2: It's not good. It's boring. But just watching Joe, Joe Pantoliano as a backwoods hick is just awesome. Yep. <laughs> this is another one of the bizarre Canadian tax shelter ones. This one looks like they watched Just Before Dawn too much. Yeah. The legend is told of the final terror. The original no, title is, is in the Canadian print, which is uncut. is called Backwoods.
3: Okay. That sounds better.
2: Yeah, this is just the final terror. Rah, 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 rah. The final terror. Joe Pantleono, Mark Metcalf, Adrian Zabed, Daryl Hannah, Rachel Ward. Samuel Z. Arkoff Production, directed by Andrew Davis, the same guy that directed The Fugitive.
3: Wow, that's interesting. you got to start somewhere, I guess. This
2: is one half of the best fucking vampire film I've ever seen. And one half of the worst fucking vampire movie I've ever seen. And I'm not exaggerating, Paul.
3: No, I was so disappointed in this movie. I was so disappointed.
2: Yeah, but the first hour with David Bowie as John Baloch in The Hunger is so fucking good. But once David Bowie's picture, halfway through it, dies.
3: Uh-huh. character
2: dies the movie goes to shit
3: oh, the other thing too is they really uh, piped up the uh, lesbian uh, content here It's like boring as shit man
2: yeah Seriously. but they the boy's character in the novel and in the movie became another one of those flashpoints for the AIDS movement
3: oh yeah Oh, absolutely. That's very true.
2: And Tony Scott said that yes, he did base David Blaylock's journey in the movie on uh, because the AIDS epidemic was really bursting big in '83, wasn't it? Yeah. So he based everything about uh, Blaylock on that, with him going to the blood specialist and all that, them not knowing mm-hmm. what was wrong with him. Right? But once he's out in a movie, which is about halfway in...
3: Yeah, shame.
2: But do watch it for David Boy's performance. That's worth watching. Just yeah. turn it off once he gets put in the shell. Literally. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, no.
3: Do, do, he do, likes this film, even though
2: me you don't.
3: Do, 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 do. It's do Yeah.
2: Even Dennis Quaid and uh, Louis Gossett Jr. can't say this.
3: Nope. Bad movie. Definitely a bad yeah. movie. This
2: is another one of those Dr. Tongue movies. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> and it was the biggest box office hit of the year.
3: <coughs> oh, it's an awful movie. Horrid.
2: Not as bad as Revenge, but it's not good.
3: No. It's no, no, than it's not two, as bad,
2: but not as bad as, as four. Right. That's like saying a shit sandwich is all right if the shit tastes like peanut butter.
3: Yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> oh, and here's a movie I let Carl talk about because he loves this movie. I love it too, but I love the book more.
3: Well, I just find this really interesting film, and and unfortunately. The Keep, we're never going to see the real cut of it. And what we have surviving is a cut that is so mangled and yet so interesting. It's such an interesting film, but unfortunately you don't know who Scott Glenn is really. Ian McKellen. But I love the idea uh, of an evil in a castle during World War II. And i I I just find this really interesting film. And 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 of course it's a Michael Mann film too. So it's gorgeous. But yeah. unfortunately and can't you, you can't really keep up with it. You can't keep up with the keep because half of it is missing.
2: And Seriously. Michael Mann has disowned this film. Yeah. And if you've read the book, you know who Scott Glenn's character is supposed to be.
3: Yeah, but most people haven't read the book either. Now you you and I have. Read
2: the book. He is the wandering Jew himself.
3: Yeah. The book is very very
2: Jewish.
3: Yes, and and that's the thing—they cut out a lot of that too, so you don't even understand uh, Jewish folklore. And that's connected to the golem, and it's connected to all of those those wonderful tales. Yeah, yeah, I love this movie, and, and, and I'm so sad about the movie, too, at the same time. But still, we have it, so we have yeah, something left.
2: like those symbols on the wall are supposed to be the Judaic, Judaic cross. Right. And he's supposed to be a cross, cross between uh, the golem and Dracula. Mm-hmm. Portuary. Whose first movie was this? Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick
3: tock. I have no freaking clue.
2: Bill Paxton.
3: Oh, Ooh, okay. He plays cool. a
2: psycho in it.
3: Isn't that how everyone starts? That we like?
2: Seriously. Yeah, this movie sucks donkey balls.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, it's bad.
3: I've never seen it, so I shouldn't see it.
2: Christopher George, Linda Day George, and Bill Paxton even mentioned on the fucking credits bill of the trailer. (laughs)
3: God.
2: Warner Brothers! Dun-da-da-da! Oh! This is yours, Carl, because this is a film that you truly love.
3: I do. I do. Um, So we talk about Panos Cosmatos and uh, uh, Mandy. His dad was also a film director and did some really fine films. And this one stars Peter Weller uh, in an apartment against a giant rat. And it's called Of Unknown Origin. And it is definitely a Vietnam vet, Vietnam uh, analogy. And it's wonderful. I love this movie.
2: How the hell did Warner Brothers decide, we're going to take this unmarketable, bizarre movie and release it?
3: I don't know, but they didn't really release it too much because I caught this on... I I, I caught this... You know where I caught this? Uh, uh, King's Crossing. I saw this at King's Crossing. And, and I just want action over it.
2: Ninety percent of the time, it's a one-week wonder.
3: Yeah, I fucking love this movie. Really love this movie. And it's oh, it it what great a well
2: reviews. once it hit VHS, it got great reviews across the board. But it's oh, awesome. so The whole idea of it is so fucking bizarre; they didn't know what to do with it.
3: No, but I love it. I love this movie because oh, what do, what do of that. Oh, why you
2: love it? Oh, yeah. and here's a movie that's better than it has any right to be. Well, Not true. I know this is... Yeah, this movie has better than it has any right to be. This is a movie that proves guess... Anthony Perkins is one hell of a director.
3: No, 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 that's like a Three you are talking about. This is Psycho oh, 2. Oh, this
2: is Psycho 2.
3: This is Richard Franklin.
2: Oh, God. Richard Franklin, Psycho 2. This is a must-see. Who cares if it's Psycho 2? This is so fucking good.
3: Yeah, it is. What? Richard Franklin I mean, is a... Di- well, yeah. let me finish. Richard Franklin is a director. He did another film called Road Games. He did Patrick... He did. He's from Australia, and the man is is basically unknown these days, and it's a goddamn fucking shame, he's a great director, and this is a really good movie, and one of the best Old games sequels have ever came out
2: seen. on November from back to get it, watch it. And what was the first gay slasher ever made, Carl?
3: Um, I'm not sure. Tell me.
2: Sleepaway Camp.
3: Oh, yes. Yes.
2: This one is a perverse and disturbing little movie, and the trailer's already over, but God, is it dark?
3: Yeah, but it has a very famous. knows
2: that, so let's move on to the next. It has a very famous
3: final shot. Let's just say that. Okay.
2: Train, train. What the hell this fucking movie?
3: Come on, you know this. Yes, you do, Jonathan
2: Price. Oh, oh, Disney's failed experiment.
3: And 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 the movie I was so wanting to see done right. It even has a script by Ray Bradbury, and it just doesn't make it because it doesn't go far enough because Disney won't fucking let them.
2: Oh, it went far enough. This whole trailer is taken from the original cut that Disney thought was too dark. Yeah. I mean, it has a scene with the guillotine in it. That's not in the PG cut.
1: No, it that's has,
2: not uh, in the, PG. the prize with the red demonized. That's not in the fucking Nope. Jack Clayton cut.
3: No. Well, there is the Disney a Jack Clayton alive. cut
2: out there, but Disney will not release it.
3: Which is a goddamn shame. Because yeah. it would be our really and,
2: and it is Ray a brilliant Bradbury book. It's called the Jack Clayton cut perfect. Yeah. Oh, God. This yep. is a movie I can't enjoy because uh, no one saw John Lennon you got away from murder you motherfucker and there's no way fucking around that even though it has no. one of George Miller's best best short films ever fuck you you should have gone to jail Spielberg should have gone to jail and George Lucas should have gone to jail for trying to cover this up fuck you y'all should have gone to jail
3: but you know what You you talk about George Miller how about the Joe Dante segment too which I think is great
2: yeah Remember, those two were almost cut before the nast. This bullshit happened. Well, the George Miller story was cut before the trouble happened. Right. And if you want to know about the trouble, look it up. There's many extent. Now, what was the best George David Cronenberg film of 1983 that was? supposed to be released in 1982, but they got chicken shit. And Carl's oh, like, That's
3: because why? he didn't know what the fuck video drone was. Brilliant. And why Brilliant are you lucky, now. Okay, well, there, there, you there's – there's, Okay, hold on, Stephen. Let me go for this. So there are three cuts of this. There's the U.S. cut, which sucks. There is the European cut, which is very good. But there's a third cut, which I happened to see when I was in Toronto and saw that the Canadian cut of Videodrome, which is basically the same cut that Criterion finally put out as Cronenberg's approved cut, and it is a brilliant film, and it is a mindfuck beyond belief. It has, uh, uh, it has uh, what? What's his name? Come on. Come on, the, the actor. James Woods. I'm Wood. having a brain fart. Yeah, James, James Woods, Wood. best one of his best roles. Peter Gavorsky, uh, uh, very convex. Just God, God, I love this movie. Love it, love what it, love it. It's about
2: the movie that we don't even call the actor by his name. We just call him. Oh yeah, shit, it's very convex. <laughs> and he says he's used to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: He said this one yep. time this person asked him to be in the movie and he called him up and said, Hey, is this very complex? And he's like, Yeah, you have a job for me <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> And we're yeah. talking through Wavelength, which is another crappy alien film with uh one of the Carradine Brothers. But not that, that, go watch Olin These Ray? Are the Damned. Let's get back Fred's to Video Drone. is that Fred's it movie? A, Go ahead.
3: No, I was just going to say, Wavelength, isn't that Fred Olin Ray?
2: No, it's the one about where uh, David, K- it's basically We Are the Damned. With a- oh, Olin. okay.
3: Never mind. Gotcha. But no, okay. Video
2: Drone was drones. horribly butchered and horribly dumped. It's sad.
3: Oh, very sad. Very, very sad. Oh. the brilliant one.
2: This, this, like I said, right now we're at, let's see, which one is this? Boggy Creek 2. Is this the legit one or the fake one? I forget. I don't know. I think this is the actual Charles B. Pierce movie. Okay. There were two Boggy Creek 2s. One's called uh, The Legend of Boggy Creek 2 and Boggy Creek 2. One was directed by the producers because Pierce didn't want to go back and do a sequel. And then we had Boggy Creek 2, which I think is the legit sequel. Right. Both of them are not that good, but Boggy Creek 2, which I think is a legit one, was directed by Charles B. Pierce, so it rocks.
3: Absolutely, we love our. I think Joe, wouldn't have
2: missed man with the mm-hmm. She was awesome, mm-hmm. Carl's daughter.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was. I was on that show. That was a good show.
2: Yeah, me and you did have to do shit. Just sitting there letting. No, you, Vicky, Vicky isn't have fun on that one.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, it's good to have Vic around.
2: Yeah. Well, Vicky's going to be on two weeks, and Pamela said to me today to tell him that the Legend of Boggy Creek DVD Blu-ray is coming out real, real soon. They're almost done with the replicating process.
3: Good. Glad to hear it.
2: This is the movie of short shorts, because good God, everyone in this movie is wearing cut-off blue jean short shorts.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Thank God that me and you in the '80s never wore shorts so tight is in this movie because we did. Yeah, this is Charles B. Pierce's Boggy Creek too. Yeah. We never wore shorts so tight you could tell our religion.
3: Nope. (laughs) I've never heard it (laughs) put that way.
2: Speaking of a movie that people like that I just want to hit them upside the head and rock for liking. Children of the Fucking Corn. This movie. Well, let's just say it comes out of Princess's butt. Yeah. (laughs) How the hell this movie got a cult following, I do not fucking know.
3: Not only that, how many fucking sequels to this are there? Like seven? Uh,
2: two, three, four, five, six, seven, remake. About seven, I think about six and a remake.
3: Yeah, really. Jesus God.
2: And it's one of the earlier roles by Linda Hamilton. I think this is the movie she did right before she did The Terminator.
3: Right, I think so too.
2: But still, this is a shitty movie. People, stop liking this movie. Please, God damn. (laughs) Please.
3: Okay, I got the next one when it starts.
2: Okay. Okay. And go.
3: Okay. Ted, give me a C. Give me an H. Give me a U. Give me a D. Hannibal, humanistic, underground, dwellers, Chud. Now the reason I love Chud so much is I went to the new school in nineteen eighty four and took a class by Andrew Bonim on how to produce your own movie because he had just produced Chud. And and we got to meet the people in the movie and so on and so forth. It was a blast. And it's a fun movie. This is a fun oh. little movie. No. 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 Fuck you. It's fun. <laughs> it's stupid as shit, but it's fun.
2: I like it. Uh. I even John Padley said once on his show that he talked to uh, movie critic and respected crime author John Bloom. And he yes. said that he thought that, as he called them Chudheads, were some of the stupidest movie fans he's ever ran into in his career.
3: Well, the reason I love this is I also had the class. I really did have the class with Andrew Bonin. And yeah. so I have a, I have a soft spot in my heart for this. But I even liked the sequel better, which nobody likes, because of Derek fucking Graham. So there. So maybe yeah. you should watch but Button. But really, film. this movie...
2: You probably know this from your class. It was supposed to be 20 minutes longer than even the director's cut was, but they never, they they just pulled the plug on it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Can yeah. But they were able to get something out and make some money, so there you go. What the hell? Not a great film, but fun. Okay, you get the next one, because we both love this movie.
2: Oh, this movie is fucking amazing. The fact that <laughs> it's not well known because the DVD's out of print and it's never really been easy to see breaks my heart. Now, this is a fucking feminist horror film. Fuck yes. the, 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 the massacre.
1: Well, this well, is a feminist horror massacre.
2: film. What? Yeah,
3: Yeah, absolutely. Let's not forget.
2: So beautiful, so great. And some of the best goddamn werewolf transformations ever. I think my absolutely. favorite in the movie is where it's like there's a wolf under the guy's skin and he just basically the wolf takes off the human skin.
3: Yeah, exactly. And, like, and Angela Lansbury, down. too.
2: Yeah, track it down, you'll love it, trust me.
3: Yeah. And but directed by Neil Jordan.
2: Oh, and here's one that I love just because Richard fucking Maul is great as the bad guy. That's Rage War, aka the Dungeon Master. <laughs>
3: Yep. We love ourselves some some, some Richard Mole.
2: And we what's do. unique about this movie is that there were five guys that Richard Band wanted to test out and see if they could direct a movie. So he basically gave them each $10,000 $10, and said, okay, five minutes. You can do what you want, but you got to tie it in with this. So we got movies from Dave Allen. We got movies from the guy who directed uh, Troll and Friday the 13th, Part 7, John Buechler. Mm-hmm. Band ended up directing yeah. a segment himself, which wasn't that bad because they needed, because the, cause it was coming under thing. And well, under
3: time. You know who if else did, did this? If an
2: elf named Rat Spit, not Rat Shit, Rat Spit.
3: Okay, but you know who else did a segment on this? We've had him on the show, Ted Nicolau.
2: Yeah, Ted, Ted Nicolau. Nicolau. So basically, he was using this movie to test them out, and they pulled off good. Oh yeah. I think he to- I think he told elaborated on this story on the show, didn't he? Yeah,
3: he did. He did, and and, and Ted Ted also directed one of my favorite. Of of of, of uh, the band uh, 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 films too. So yeah, we love ourselves some Ted Nicolau.
2: Go back in the archives and look up the Ted Nicolau show for more on the Dungeon Master, aka Rage War. You'll enjoy the episode. Oh God, why do people like this shit? This not only is one of the worst horror films of the '80s and one of the worst Stephen King adaptations. It has one of the worst scores ever by one of the worst bands of the '80s. Fuck you, Tangerine Dean Dream fans.
3: And it has a bad Jory Scott role.
2: No, Seriously. he's only the good. He's the only good thing in this movie. It's just the movie just doesn't live up to him. <laughs> yeah. Firestarter. I thought this movie was boring, lethargically placed. It wasted David Keyes. It wasted Drew Barrymore. It wasted George yeah. C. Scott. It wasted Art Barney in one of his last performances. Yeah. This movie is all about waste, people.
3: That's why it's shit. It even
2: wastes Martin <laughs> Sheen, who's basically just doing uh, Greg Stilson again.
3: Yeah. Yeah, not a good film. Not a good.
2: Not film. a good film. Well, the book was boring as shit too.
3: Yeah, not a good Stephen King book either. Yeah.
2: This is one of those I think that he written wrote pharmaceutically. To <laughs> yeah. And it even wasted some good fire effects, too.
3: Yeah, and, and and it's it's basically the Fury. It's just a rehash of the Fury. That's all it is.
2: He said the Fury had a better plot.
3: Yeah, and it had John Cassavetes.
2: And it wasted Mark Lester. God damn it. Yeah. Class of
3: 1984.
2: Oh, and here is my favorite Friday the 13th sequel Because who directed this one? Danny fucking Steinman Oh,
3: okay no, This, okay. Is, this is the one you keep telling me I have to watch
2: This is part four No, this is part four The final oh. chapter Which it fucking wasn't This is Joseph Zito Another great one because it's the trailer's not on this set, but the Prowler is fucking great, Joseph Zito is fucking great. He's a mean son of a bitch when it comes to yeah. his movies.
3: Yeah, I do like the Prowler. Do like the Prowler.
2: If you can, if you can, if you're listening to this, or you know Joseph Zito, tell him to get on the show because we'd love to talk to him. No, I, know, so. I know it's crap. I know it's crap. God damn. See, we get booths in the gallery about this
1: movie. Hi, princess.
2: Yeah, she's like, fuck this movie. Fuck you for watching this movie. (laughs) I'm like, damn. The only really big thing about this, this is the first Friday 13th since the first one that uh, Tom Savini come back. And we had Corey Feldman kill Jason. Good God, woman! It ain't that bad.
1: <laughs>
2: and we covered this on the last time, but oh, the missed. Okay. What the hell is it? Oh, mutant! If you're a Saturday Nightmare fan, you watch this. This movie is fun. Why? Because it has Wings fucking Hauser and who else? Oh, yeah, yeah. I forget his name, but both of them trying to out the scenery in it. Nice. It's a fun B-movie. Like I said... Wings Hauser in it. Wings Hauser B movie monsters. Saturday Nightmares. It's fun. You can pretty much get it on any P D set you want. It has Wings Hauser jump through windows for no reason.
1: It's <laughs> like a
2: Night of the Living Dead ripoff, except more okay. B movie action and the mutants can melt through glass with their fingers mm-hmm. because of a toxic radiation accident. Yep. The monster. How many not toxic radiation
3: are you?
2: Wings Houser and Bo Hopkins.
3: Oh, Bo Hopkins. We love some Bo Hopkins. Yeah. I do.
2: Oh my god, I love this shit. And I did say <laughs> shit, did I? Yeah, you did. The mutilator. One of the shittiest, goofiest, dumbest fucking slashers ever made in Texas. And by God, I love the hell out of it.
1: It's the movie okay. that told me you things
2: me. like, you know, in them coronated pools, it kills off the oh. STDs. What? <laughs> yeah, that's an actual line from the movie. The plot of the movie is, This guy accidentally shoots his mother and kills her as a teenager. So when he turns 21, his dad calls him to close down the country house because he's going to get drunk and kill him. So his friends show up, too, so he ends up killing them, too.
3: Okay. Wonderful.
2: It's, It's so bad that it's stupid good.
3: Okay. Well, I get the next one
2: going to get you, call, Yeehaw!
1: And it yeah, was filmed right.
2: in Texas.
1: Joel. Ralph,
2: where Where's the fuck are you? This one will we be a need good one for Ralph's Ralph's you, me, you, need you might not forgive me. Because
3: mm-hmm.
2: you hate slashers that much.
3: I do. I'm not a big slasher. i not a big slasher.
2: There's nothing redeemable about this movie, except for the original title of it was called Fall Break. What? Yeah, the original title of this movie is called Fall Break. I don't want to bend around in the moonlight by <laughs> Buddy <laughs> Cooper. Lovely.
3: I mean, when we Lovely. talked
2: about Especially... him on the show before, I think we had someone that knew him. Oh, yeah, when we did the... Uh... Yeah, I forget who.
1: Yeah, that's geez, Oh, and a bell, here's actually. a
2: goofy little film that aged more well than it should have. You can't and watch I got this movie not have a silly grin on your face, and there you go, Carl.
3: I love this movie, okay? It's Night of the Comet, Richard Beltran, uh uh, uh just uh Mary Warinoff, Jeffrey Lewis. The two female leads, Kathy, I can't remember their names. It's just a wonderfully goofy, strange, lovely little film. And I love this movie beyond belief. And Mary I mean, Warnock... I
2: really look at it on paper, it shouldn't work.
3: No, but it does. It really does. And the direction by Tom Everhart is really good. And, and, and there's he a wrote wonderful... It too. He wrote it, too, and there's a wonderful sense of tongue-in-cheek, but just enough, not too much. And there's actually a couple yeah. really affecting scenes in it. And and I'm not going to go into the plot because it just is crazy shit. But it has to do with a comet that comes over Earth. And basically, if yeah. you look at the comet and you're not in a lead building, you're dead. Or if you're in a semi-lead be- building, you turn into a zombie and then die, you know. Yeah, it's and right odd. now
2: we're at the movies that made New Line Cinema. The film that Wes oh. Craven wanted to make so bad that he signed away his entire rights to the series. Big mistake.
1: Yep. Yeah, but and he came, came back. Know
2: nightmare on Elm Street, so we don't have to go into that. And if you don't, like I said, what the hell are you listening to this?
1: Right, right, oh, right. Owen
2: here is a great, uh, great, great movie that Carl public is <laughs> crap. Ninja but 3, I the I kind of like this
3: one. I you like what? this one. It's so fucking bizarre. I like it.
2: Yeah. It's bizarre. The first 20 minutes is the ninja going crazy on a golf course, then he gets killed and possesses Lucinda Dickey, who has a glowing sword, and then all of a sudden she has to fight Shokasugi. <laughs>
3: Which we're okay with show. We like show.
2: Yeah. This is the official... <laughs> Third in the Ninja truly, which includes Enter the Ninja, and Revenge of the Ninja, and Ninja Three: The Domination.
3: Yeah, yeah, this, you know that's what I—that's what I've always wanted to see: a female ninja, you know, in a leather teddy with whips. Now, I'm there for that. I'm just letting you know.
2: Yeah. This is Domin- the height of '80s goofiness that actually worked yeah and they are as sequels to each other as Tennessee Gothic is to the incubus, same universe, blah mm-hmm. blah 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 blah, otherwise, there's nothing fucking related. <laughs> Chrissy was an ordinary teenager who liked to fuck, according to this. Oh, here is an earlier version of The Stepfather. Why does this movie not know. remembered as well? Because it doesn't have Terry O'Quinn. And the girl's a real now, asshole. I don't know, this film, just... I don't
3: know this film at all. I don't know this well, film, film at all. I don't know this film at all. an
2: earlier version of The Stepfather with a sleazier stepfather and an asshole for kids. Scream for help! If you want to watch this movie, scream for help. Help!
3: I need somebody help! Never mind. Sorry.
2: I mean, the girl is a fucking asshole. It's one of those where people don't believe her because she's a fucking asshole, not because there's no proof. Right. What were they doing? Fucking...
3: Isn't that what they all do in fucking uh uh, uh slashers before they get killed? Uh, yeah.
2: Seriously Turn the car off
3: <laughs>
2: Yep. girl just drove in a car where the brakes and the gas were cut but they still don't believe that someone was trying to kill them
3: yeah kind of stupid
2: Polaroids and boobies yep (laughs) and one of the worst fight scenes I've ever seen (laughs) This there you is just too goddamn long
1: <laughs>
2: Really It's still going on Carl
1: <laughs> That's bad who directed That's this very so can, bad
2: Cause I think that's the big thing Is who directed this shit Who knows uh, Oh Michael fucking Winner Written by Tom Holland Him again yeah. Michael Wynn.
3: <laughs> oh, God.
2: This is a horror film about horror films. It showed clips of horror films, which I truly love this one. But there's about two or three oh, different fine. cuts because all cause of bizarre rights issues, and that's Terror in the Isles. Right. But why would people in the mid-80s, go see uh, That's Entertainment of Horror Films that has a lot of films that's not even fucking horror films.
3: Well, that's the problem with it.
2: Would you consider Nighthawks to be a horror film? No. Clute? No. Marathon Man?
3: Not particularly.
2: Yeah, that's in this movie. And there's millions of clips that are not even in the movie. The Shining, Alien. This movie is originally like two hours and 30 minutes. But I do like the fact they showed Alan Arkin from Wake Before Dark. That's one of the bigger reasons that movie started to get a cult.
3: Yeah, Oh, he's fucking great in that movie. He literally is. My
2: girlfriend, chink. (laughs) Terror in the Isles. You can get it cheap if you buy the universal Blu-ray of Halloween 2, which is the only reason I got it. Mm -hmm. And here's a movie that was pretty much the last midnight movie because Jesus will this movie come out of nowhere and become a big cult hit all of the blue? Right, Carl?
3: Right.
2: When did you first hear The Toxic Avenger?
3: Uh, I, okay, well, I was at the New York City premiere party for it, because a friend of mine, Gary Schneider, is the main bad guy in it. Now, Gary's no longer acting, but, but uh, he got me in along with a friend of mine, Ray, Ray Laudo, and so I got I got to meet people and that sort of thing. It was very cool. So I was actually at, at, at the uh, premiere party for that.
2: The way I introduced this, I went to family Video. videos, like, we got a new movie. It's bloody, but he kills the shit out of the bad guys, and they deserve it. But they're, they're violent, so he can kill them just as violent. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's very violent and gory, and it's a superhero movie. I'm like, shit, I got to see this.
3: Absolutely.
2: And it is good. One of Trauma's best.
3: Oh, absolutely. I think it is their best, Beyond be honest. No,
2: Romeo and Juliet or Terra Farmer will probably be their best. But your guy is great in it. We tried getting him on the show many times, but he just says, fuck
3: the past. Yeah, really.
2: Well, and plus, Troma fucked him out of a lot of money. They didn't even pay him for Class of Newcomb High, I think, did
3: they? They did. Not much. But they did. But not much.
2: I forget they fucked him somehow. Which is not surprising if you know trauma. Right. I think they fucked him on Royal.
3: That could be. That could be. He didn't make much money at all from him, So, no question.
2: Well, these movies are made for like 10 cents. Yeah. And good lord, this movie is funny. If you haven't seen it yet, then what the fuck are you watching this for? This is a classic. Yep. I'm you, Carl, getting to see it on the big screen. If you'd only met the guy who played Cigar Face.
3: Oh, oh, I think I did, but I was so fucking drunk, I don't remember.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good old days. I was young. I was drunk. I didn't give a fuck. <laughs>
3: exactly. It wasn't to
2: watch this movie.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. So much fun.
2: Released by Michael Kerman and the Trauma Team. <laughs> And we're at the end of 84 with Zombie Island Massacre.
3: Oh, good God. Good God.
2: There is a big backstory behind that, but I don't give a shit. This is just a bad movie. But at least we're through with 84 after this is over.
1: I would have Rita
2: Jeanette, who was a senator's wife, but then got divorced and did this, and it was a big scandal because we had a senator's wife's boobies on screen.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a horrible movie.
2: <laughs> I've never watched it, I'm proud to say. It's and a I horrible watch any movie. movie.
3: Yeah, I know you do.
2: That should say something. I can say I watch shitty movies, but I haven't watched *Zombie Island Massacre*.
3: <laughs> they, they, they ran. I saw it somewhere like HBO or something, maybe Cinemax, something like that. I'm sorry. I know. I know. Bad movie.
2: Massacre. a oh, good lord. Not the girl. Yep. This is another trailer that's just too goddamn long. God <laughs> yep. please. This is like a car just boom. Yep. Boom, boom. <laughs> <clears throat> when throat> trailers were this long, even back then, we were pissed off in the theater because cause we wanted the movie start. Right. Rita Jenrette. Oh, God. It's. Fuck it. No. No. No more. I, enough of Zombie Island Massacre. No. Yeah. It's pretty easy to pick the top three of the last uh, of 82 and 83, isn't it?
3: Yes, it is.
2: Two flops and one was a box office hit.
3: Yep. And there are some hidden gems. There are some hidden gems. you got to give it that. There are some hidden gems.
2: And how, how sad is, no is it that David Cronenberg, in the same year, and this is like number one and number two, well, number three, one and three, Number one is the film that caused him to not direct another script that he wrote for about 10, 12 years. Yeah. And that would be Videodrome. And number two would be John Carpenter's The Thing, which, to quote him, people want to watch D.T., they didn't want to see scary fucking aliens.
3: Right. Well, guess what? We did we might not have and known it at the
2: time number three would be the dead zone yeah so in short Cronenberg ruled the early 80s
3: well I hate to tell you that she still fucking rules
2: yeah but I'm just talking about the brood the scan brood oh, yeah. scanners Videodrome, Dead Zone, yeah. Pow, 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 pow,
3: pow. Yeah.
2: Hell, he didn't even let go until maybe Madam Butterfly, but that's conjecture. Yeah. Because we still I'm got them some... coming up. I don't know if they're on the disc. I think that one of them is.
3: Yeah, great stuff.
2: And we only had, what's weird, we only had two Friday the 13th when we did three years. Yeah. They were slacking. <laughs>
1: yes, they were.
2: And coming up next week will be on the Ace 8 Diagram Pole Fighter with me and, of course, Michael House, who's of well, Spaghetti Westerns have just came out, and as you heard yesterday, Carl did Blood Freak, so go over to the DL to DL that.
3: Uh, yeah, David and Legion, DLN, uh, and, oh, and DL? uh, just lo- I
2: know, but DL and DL that sound a lot better. Don't ruin, them, don't ruin them, this man.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: And uh, <laughs> Friday, of course, yes, on Friday the 13th, We will have our traditional double feature. I haven't got a second victim yet, but one will be me and Fred doing Friday the 13th Part 3. And I haven't found my second victim yet.
3: (laughs) But I have a secret suspicion it might be me. I don't know.
2: No, not you. You don't like them. It's not fun fun watching them with you. (laughs) Oh,
3: Okay, never mind. I'm sorry. I mean,
2: there's so many fuck this shit that I can understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. True. But after that, next Sunday after that, we're going to have the one, the only, the legend, the miss, the mistress of sci-fi herself. Vicky Love be back on the 15th.
3: And that's a wonderful thing. We miss yeah. her.
2: And on the week after that's our annual Christmas watch. So me and Carl will be dialing code Santa Claus, whatever the hell that means.
3: <laughs> yes, we will, and I'm looking forward to that. I really am and looking forward to that. And we will be
2: doing, and well, we will be having a visit to Santa Claus. Why? Well, you'll have to watch why. Carl will probably be real sentimental during that because of certain things that <laughs> shows in it
3: yeah oh, yeah, you're actually right. I I will be somewhat sentimental. I will also be very weird too. So you know, yeah. that works too.
2: And oh, and of course we had to get you Stuart Copeland. So thank you. And I I listen, I'm I'm looking at it
3: now. You know that's so cool, Stephen. I really appreciate that. I really, really do from the bottom of my heart.
2: And to really get the Christmas season started, there's only one real way to do it, and that will be a lovely, sweet, innocent song by The Vandals. Wouldn't you say that'd be the (laughs) best way to really kick Christmas into eleven?
3: Yeah, I I think that'll work. I think that's a good one. So good
2: night, everyone. And oi to you, and oi to your family, and oi to the fucking world. Good night.
1: Absolutely. Oi
2: me!